The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. And, you know, thanks again for joining us on AI Today. Been going strong here for five plus years, hitting our 300th episode pretty soon, pretty soon. I keep talking about 300, actually technically not there yet, but, you know, we record a lot of podcasts. So uh, in my mind, we're already at past 300 episodes. But uh, we we really have really enjoyed much of your feedback. Many of you really enjoyed our educational-focused podcasts. Needless to say, there will be many, many more. You might have also noticed that the frequency of our podcasts have been going up. We, uh, for a long, for our first five years, we were regular on Wednesday every week, a podcast. Now we're Wednesday and Friday. Well, I don't want to commit to the days of the week, but basically we're, we're twice a week now, uh, because we just have so much. You might think of, of after all these years, we didn't have, don't have much more to say on AI. It's like, it's the opposite. We just have too much to say. And we just can't cram it all in and bust your heads. Of course, if this is the first time listening to the AI Today podcast, then you should know we got lots of stuff, including interviews with some amazing people who are involved in either making AI work today or people you should be listening to because they will help you make AI work for you today. Exactly. And so, you know, we we always love the opportunity to have interviews, especially with fellow podcasters, so that they can share their insights. And one thing that we've noticed, and you may be noticing as well with our interviews, is that we're really starting to see, uh, you know, a cross-section between project management and AI. And so we said, let's get some project managers and some project manager podcasts on here to help share with our audience their insights and, you know, maybe some of the challenges that they face and the opportunities that the, they see when it comes to project management and also, uh, you know, AI as well. So we're really excited to have with us today, Galen Lowe, who's the host of the Digital Project Manager podcast and co-founder of the Digital Project Manager. So welcome and thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me here. This is such an honor. I'm really excited to get into it. AI and project management, BFFs, completely. Well, perfect. Well, you know, we'd love to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background and why you started the podcast as well as the Digital Project Manager. Fantastic. Yeah. So again, I'm Galen Lowe. I'm one of the co-founders of a little professional community called the Digital Project Manager. Uh, myself, I've been working in client services and business development roles within digital agencies for over a decade. I've worked in boutique agencies as well as larger consultancies. And a lot of my experience has revolved around human-centered digital transformations in government, in healthcare, and in retail. Um, I'm representing project management today, but I've been in a lot of different roles, including uh, client services director, I've managed teams of project managers, and I've also been in a lot of sort of business development and growth roles. So hoping to bring that perspective in today as we talk about project management and AI. Um, but I will do a little plug about the digital project manager. So as Kathleen mentioned, uh, we've got a podcast, the DPM podcast, uh, check it out. And we post uh, every other week. We're not as regular as you do. <laughs> <laughs> but we do it bi-weekly, uh, and we basically talk about uh, project management, emerging technology, and just industry trends and where it's all heading and what it all means. Um, but I should also mention, we've got a little community. It's a knowledge-sharing community called the Digital Project Manager. And really, we're just dedicated to helping digital professionals get skilled, get confident, and get connected so that we can amplify the value of project management in a digital world. We've got about a thousand members from around the world. We have a seven week certification course called Mastering Digital Project Management. And really, we're just trying to help folks get hands on practice at delivering digital projects from start to finish. That's what we're all about. We're about sharing experiences, comparing tactics, and helping one another solve complex challenges together. So you can check us out at thedpm.com. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And part of the reason why we've been spending so much time talking to uh, podcasters like you, but more specifically folks in the project management space, is because a lot of the problems that people are having with AI project management in general are not really technology issues. I think we talked about this on your podcast. Mm -hmm. For our podcast listeners, you should know that Galen interviewed us for 
his digital project manager podcast, the DPM podcast. Fantastic. You know, you, I, I know you said you don't do it as frequently as, as we do. It just that the frequency doesn't matter because your production quality is pretty awesome. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he's got the studio, he's got his professional audio showing us up a little bit here. But, uh, you know, that's fantastic. So, but the reason why we bring this up is I've mentioned a lot of the problems of AI come from lack of best practices around project management. Sometimes we even have a hard time convincing them, these AI and data project people, that they should be spending time focused on project management. I'm not sure mm-hmm. why it's not part of their thought process. So I would like to, you know, let's let's dig into it. You know, talk first of all about project management in, in general. I know for you, you talk about it all the time. So for you, you live and breathe project management, but a lot of our folks, they don't, right? So maybe you can relate uh, this whole, you know, area of project management to AI, but also digital product management, maybe give a little bit of the differences explain it for our folks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, fundamentally, my philosophy is that project management is about collaboration management. It's about humans doing things together to achieve a goal together. And as you mentioned, sometimes the problem is not technology. Sometimes the problem is humans, communication, being proactive, risk management. So in my world, project management is about keeping the train on rails, but not really in the way that people think about it most of the time. Most of the time, people are like, oh, project managers, you're going to tell me no for things that I want to do on my fun project. You're going to manage scope. You're going to manage the cost. You're going to manage the timeline. You're going to come down on us hard. And we don't need you. We need to be creative. We need to create amazing digital products. We need to create the best AI platform we can. We don't want constraints. But the world's full of constraints. And actually, in order for us to navigate those constraints, we need somebody at the helm who's kind of looking at it from you know the center, the, the, the hub, looking through across all the spokes to make sure that everyone's rowing in the same direction and that if the goals change, that the direction of the project changes. And so my philosophy on it is that project management isn't rigid, at least in this world, in our digital world, it's not as rigid as people think. It's not as rigid as project management is taught. Actually, it's about steering because you know that the project's not going to go exactly as planned because you know something's going to change and you have to get everybody to shift directions at the same time. And that's the value for me. I'm biased. My bias is that it's very important to have somebody who's overseeing that because we've got a lot of teams doing a lot of different things from a lot of different backgrounds working together to get someplace. And if that place changes, or if something threatens whether or not you're going to get to that place, someone needs to be able to react and get people organized and communicate that change. I want to circle back on something you said, though, because um, there is a trend right now where project manager might not be a role in your team, actually. You know, if we look at some frameworks like Scrum Agile, um, there isn't really a defined project manager role. Uh, And I think the other thing that's sort of emerging in, in, in my field is that yeah, project management is an in-demand skill. It might not continue to be a role in certain contexts within our industry. So I'm, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot there. But really, it's about who on the team, hopefully everyone, has the wherewithal to be proactive, to look at the risks, to go, are we still pointing in the right direction? And what do we need to change about our plan? How do we need to organize ourselves to make sure that we are continuing to build the right thing, that we are continuing to steer towards our objectives, and that we're all actually working together effectively. And that's why, for me, it boils back down to collaboration management. We talk about project management. It's imbued with a lot of things. A lot of people have preconceived notions of what that is, but it's about working together to get to a goal. Yeah, and I I think I wanted to key off on something you said. This is a fantastic conversation here, but Part of the project manager and part of part of this whole idea of project management is to steer. And I love that because you know it's like almost like you're going down the the rapids, right? The water, you know, the white water. It's like you kind of see where the 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 rapids are going. It shouldn't be a surprise. You're gonna go from one place to the other. But is a big difference between going a little bit left and ending up, you know, face down in the big swirling pile and then avoiding the rock, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't actually plan that ahead of time. You can be like, I'm planning on avoiding that rock. It's like, we'll see when we get closer, right? And I think that is sort of um sort of the big issue, I think, with a lot of AI and data folks. They understand their world. They understand about data science, they understand about, you know, even aspects of data prep. 
But they don't realize until they're getting close to the rock, they're like, holy cow, we did not realize I've got a petabyte of information that is uncleaned, unlabeled. I, I, have, I didn't even look at it, right, until the rock is showing up, right? And now all of a sudden my little uh, two-week or four-week or whatever week project, boom, has exploded mm-hmm. into like this much larger project or they run out of money or the executive team runs out of interest, whatever it is. And now all of a sudden, boom, this project dies. So, I mean, in your experience, when you've seen this, when folks who may have um, maybe more of a technological or technology perspective, they don't understand the project. And they're like, oh, we we won't have any issues. We won't have any issues. Next thing you know, you know, there's this rock coming up and you're like, steer left, steer right. Make up your mind. You have like two seconds, right? You know, so much of it is this balance because I've worked with some really great teams in my time. Uh, and I have had, you know, that tech lead who is like probably a better project manager than I am. They're the ones who are coming to me saying, this is a risk, you know. Um, a lot of the time, yeah, there is like pro- proactive identification. There could be rocks. Um, also, you know, sometimes there is this uh, this level of, okay, maybe sky is falling. Maybe there's always rocks. Like, what are we doing? We can't do any of this stuff because there's so much risk. Uh, and then again, it's just this balance, right? Of finding the balance between, um, frankly, fear. Uh, and sort of sticking sticking one's head in the sand, uh, and just being like proactive, um, tackling tackling the beast head on, knowing that there are rocks in this river. Um, we're probably going to encounter some, so maybe let's have a little plan about that. Um, but I mean, coming back to what you said, you know, I think, and 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 by technological, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap in um, some of the diverse teams that uh, we are working with on some projects like conversational design projects, like chatbot and things like that, or you know, kiosk design where there's a little bit of machine learning, but also a user experience. So wrapping all of that together and saying, okay, yes, the technologists, the data scientists, but also the designers, like engineering, the testers, um, we bring all these folks together because they've got really deep specialization. Um, and I think some of the mistake that we have made in the past is saying your role is to, you know, exercise your talents as a specialist and just do the things we tell you to do and everything should be fine. Um, and frankly, that's what a lot of project team members think of in terms of like, uh, being, being steered, right? By a project manager. But actually what the, the game to be played is actually more of an empowerment and enablement model. We brought all these specialists together. They need to talk to each other. We need to educate them as well about project mechanics because that's our specialization. It's not anyone else's on the team necessarily. And we need to bring our specialization to get to the table. And everyone else brings their specialization to the table. And that's what makes the magic happen because we are actually steering together. It's just facilitating those conversations, asking the right questions. Uh, are there rocks in this river? <laughs> Could we hit one? You know, and 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 really just bringing out those topics so that we aren't coming from a place of fear. We aren't coming from a place of idealism. We're coming from a place of preparedness, and then we are coming from a place of being so stitched together that when one person sort of moves and pivots, the whole thing pivots, and that we actually do steer as an entire. A boat? <laughs> what are we using in this metaphor? Boat, <laughs> canoe, spacecraft, um, but that we all move in lockstep. Rocket. And that's really about it. <laughs> Let's bust the analogy even more. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is interesting, though, and we always like to have analogies and examples where I think people can visualize this, right? And so everybody is in kind of that same raft together, flowing in the same direction. And that's important to understand because sometimes people may think, oh, I'm getting resistance or I'm getting pushback from this project manager. They're making my life difficult. And it's like, well, not really. But we're just thinking about, you know, you're thinking about all of the things that could possibly go wrong, trying to help follow step-by-step approaches, making sure that you're doing things in the correct order, in the correct timeline, making sure you're not getting delayed, all of those important things. And everybody on the team has an important role. And it was also interesting, you said, you know, maybe project manager isn't a defined role at the organization, which sometimes can be good and and sometimes can can be, you know, a hindrance, maybe if people are like kind of taking on that role or not, uh, you know, necessarily ready for that role. So how are digital project managers equipping themselves to navigate the world of AI? Maybe how are they getting educated on it? How are they getting exposed to it? Uh, you know, what methodologies are are out there? How are they really, you know, equipping themselves 
to uh, be the best that they can? That's a that's a great question. And, you know, I, I should come out and say that AI is not sort of my area of expertise. But within my community, there's been a lot of talk, really, about how projects are changing due to emerging technologies like AI. And what's surfacing in some of these conversations is actually more of what I would consider to be or more what some people would call sort of soft skills, right? The human side of things, the people side of things. And that starts to be the thing that matters more. And I think Really, where it comes from is that, uh, especially in the world of digital project management, where we're dealing with a lot of fast moving technology and the pace is fast and the people we're bringing together is different every time, then we can't really rely necessarily on recipes. I think there are best practices and I think people are kind of staying up to date on their frameworks and methodologies and all that. We have to stay current so that we have a starting point for folks when we're working together. But actually, a lot of it is coming down to this sort of curiosity and this, um, analytical mindset to think about what we do know, right? We can't, we won't know as project managers, everything about AI necessarily. Um, But equally, if you are a data scientist on a project, and you're taking on that project manager role, you need to also be curious enough to understand how all the puzzle pieces fit and what everyone else is doing and what their specialty is and the role that that plays, so that you can do things like ask the right questions, right? Uh, we talked about this uh, on our podcast episode on, on the DPM podcast is, you know, just having the wherewithal to ask those questions. And sure, sometimes they come off as nagging or challenging to the team members. But if you're not having those conversations, then you're not surfacing some of that risk. You're not surfacing some of the things that are blocking you, you're not surfacing inefficiencies. And so really, it's coming down to things like having proactive conversations that are also tough conversations. It's about being curious and asking questions that are literally to help you learn about a thing as you go, right? Okay, tell me more about uh, user experiences. I'm a, I'm a data scientist. Like, tell me tell me more in stand-up about what you're doing, um, not just the activity you're working on and whether you're blocked, but also like how it fits into the bigger picture. Um, and then like just a lot of conversations about like helping teams thrive and creating like a psychologically safe and healthy environment for teams. Because coming back to what I was saying earlier, you know, we're bringing these like highly qualified specialists together to do something relatively new. Nobody knows everything about anything. So the best thing we can do is have a team that communicates well, that works together well, that feels safe, raising their hand and flagging a risk or saying something could be approached differently so that you can have that conversation. And that's really that steering mechanism. The steering mechanism is not knowing technology. It's not being an expert in a certain framework, in my opinion. I think it's that everything's moving so fast, we have to be able to have those conversations and talk about things from our perspective uh, with someone, you know, representing, is this still going to meet the project objectives? Like, are we going to run out of money? Or, you know, isn't this unethical what we're doing? Like, isn't this a slippery slope? Like, are we building hell? Um, And feeling safe enough to say that and talk to one another and just hash it out because everyone's a specialist on that team. And everyone's got something to bring to the table. And in a lot of cases in the projects I work on, no one's like the boss. They're just like accountable for different things. And one of those things might be delivering the project, maybe on time, maybe just in a way that delivers the value and the outcomes that the leadership team or the sponsor or the client was looking for. Oh my God, you said so many, so many interesting things. I'm like, I can follow up 20 different directions on that. Uh, wow. You know, first thing is like, no, is, is who is the boss, right? No one's the boss. It's, it's actually a really interesting point because in some cases the customer should be the, the real boss, right? Who's, who's using the product? I mean, it doesn't really matter what management thinks. It doesn't even really matter what the chief executive thinks. It's really, honestly, a lot of times the customer, but oh, this is the, this is the thing that frustrates me so much. I think. I know frustrates many of my colleagues and Kathleen is that I think a lot of times the the companies forget about the customer. The customer mm-hmm. is not the boss anymore, and sometimes it becomes the boss is the shareholder. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes the boss are the crazy whims of somebody who really is unfortunately very disconnected. And I think a lot of products honestly have lost their way. There was a second little feedback question: is like when we say digital project manage product management, I think the key is like. I think we're talking about here's to clarify it's not digital product management it's digital product 
management. Is that the that the good way to understand? Like we're talking about the management of digital products rather than a digital way of doing product management. Did you just does that clarify? Yes, no, absolutely, and 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 that's the world uh, that I'm coming from as well. So to disambiguate for our, our listeners here, um, like the digital project manager, we came up um, by managing projects that lie at that cross section between technology and like a user experience, right? So coming back to what you're saying about the user and a lot of the, for that reason, a lot of what we did was quite user centric, human centric. We're thinking about the end user. We are advocates for the end user. Um, and fundamentally we were developing a product that was a digital product. So whether that is a web application or a native app, or whether it's a data visualization dashboard or CRM rollout, you know, digital things um, that we are producing for a, a user. Um, you know, not, not, I mean, not many of the folks that I work with are, are yet doing machine to machine projects, right? Uh, machine <laughs> experience. It will be a thing. Um, but for now, right now, we're, we're, you know, we're centered around this human element. Um, and then just to disambiguate, I'd say that, you know, project management is generally characterized as something that starts and finishes, right? Um, something where you have a goal in mind, you bring people together to try and achieve that goal within a certain set of constraints like time and money and a certain scope. Product management generally seen as more ongoing, right? Um, and really thinking about what is the best fit and where does our product fit in the marketplace? Is it what people want? Getting that feedback, doing the research, um, and then also advocating for that product uh, to someone who might be, you know, uh, an executive steering committee or a sponsor to say, listen, this is what we need to do. Here's the data. We've done the research, you know, 80% of people would find this useful. And that thing you asked for, well, only 20% of those people are going to find it useful and making that case. But I'm going to now take that disambiguation and bundle it together, uh -huh. uh, which is that when we're talking about proactive conversations and we're talking about cross-functional teams, yes, talking to one another, but also being that same spacecraft, canoe, boat, whatever <laughs> we're using on our, on our, on our metaphor. Rocket um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to take that rocket, you've got your crew, um, you know, and 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 you need to be able to uh, have that conversation as well for someone who might be a little bit detached from the project who might just hold the purse strings, but also make that case. Um, I wasn't gonna, like, I wasn't thinking about this coming into the podcast. But some of my background is actually in like rhetoric of all things, hmm. the art of persuasion used to be taught in school, like, uh, you know, in, 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 in high schools, uh, they pulled it away. Um, and now we live in this world where, yeah, it's hard to know when you're being persuaded by, you know, ads or platforms or terms of terms and conditions uh, for your OS or what have you. Uh, but really, it's about exercising that muscle of, you know what, part of having a conversation is going to be to persuade and you will have executive sponsors and you will have stakeholders who are like, we don't get it. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere. We're going to can your project. Um, and you need to build that case. And guess what? You need to build that case from multiple perspectives, right? From the technology perspective, from the business perspective. So you need to be able to facilitate those conversations and not just within, but also like up or out, uh, outwardly as well. And being just the advocates for your own project and why it ought to exist. Easier said than done, I know, but... <laughs> There is that element of we are a team and we want our project to meet its goals. And if it's at risk, okay, well, we need to do something about it. That's a great segue, actually, into a, kind of our next question we have. But uh, like the thought we that you're mentioning here, a lot of these these skills that people need to develop, rhetoric, planning, budgeting, these are considered to be so-called soft skills. Like for whatever reason statistics and machine learning, those are the hard skills, right? Because I guess it really, your brain has to work overtime to understand <laughs> these ideas, I guess is why they're called hard skills, right? But this turns out is as we are all realizing that it's the soft skills are much more critical to success of a project than the hard skills. Anybody can, you know, pick up a book and learn Python or R, most likely probably just grab some code somewhere because someone has probably already coded it. So let's let's not uh, kid ourselves. A lot of the hard skills are actually no longer hard because you can go online and find that stuff. The harder skills, the harder skills, ironically, are the soft skills. And that is actually why we, when we when we about five years ago, we developed 
the methodology for running AI projects based on a previous methodology that had already been around for about 20 years, something mm -hmm. called CRISPDM, and evolved to becoming something called CPMAI, the Cognitive mm -hmm. Project Management for AI. Our podcast listeners hear us talking about it all the time. But the reason why we talk about it all the time, because fundamentally, project management, team communication, negotiation, strategy, prioritization, those are the things that make AI projects work. And I think for your listeners, a lot of what, what our CPMAI methodology would look like is really more of a process. It's a, it's a process by which you can go from understanding of basic business under requirements or the business understanding to something that realizes those business requirements. And on the path, you're figuring out if you have the data you need, what shape it is, before you build your first thing. By the time you get ready for your hard skills, ironically, you've developed a lot of your soft skills first. You do the project planning, the go-no-go, no -go, the data prep, the data understanding. And as a side note, by the way, for our AI Today podcast listeners, if these things are new to you, if you've never heard of AI go, no go. If you never heard of data understanding, business understanding, data prep, model eval, you should take our free intro to CPMAI course. We have a free one. This is, it's only worth your, it's your time. So if you go to AIToday.live slash CPMAI, you could take, it's like a I think two hours with some eval. It's not the full cert. It's not the full course. The full course is 27 hours of certification, gives you an actual certification so you can show your team and your boss you know how to run AI projects. But enough of that little advertorial there, uh, I wanted to bring it back because these soft skills you're mentioning are so important. So let's talk about that. What do, it, Not just for the projects and the product owners, but for the organizations, this culture, right? What are the characteristics that organizations involved in AI projects or any of these technologically uh, more questions than answers, let me put it to you that way, projects should look for in a project manager you know, in somebody who's going to help steer this rocket raft that we're talking about, you know, down the river, that's actually how it feels, right? You're in a raft with rockets attached to it. Absolutely. And there's a rock coming up. We got a lot of rock in there. Anyway, <laughs> you got the question. <laughs> uh, you know what? So first of all, great example um, in terms of like adapting a framework for something like AI, right? It's that notion of um, people think that project management needs to be rigid and there's only like one right way to do things and they have to do that thing. And meanwhile, what's happening? These frameworks are evolving and that's what they're meant to do, right? Because they are frameworks for thinking about a problem like an AI project and making sure you're going through those best practices, which by the way, is part of knowledge sharing, right? It's like, we did this, it didn't work. We did that, it worked. Everybody, here are some of our guidelines, try it. Not this is gospel, but try it. And that ties into these characteristics for me. So if an organization is looking for someone to lead an AI-based project or a technological project, I would say don't necessarily look for or demand some of those credentials and hard skills. Um, not necessarily a PMP, right? A project management professional. I see a lot of project management roles asking you know, for an MBA. And I think it's on the right track, right? They're looking for someone with a certain level of skill and a certain level of experience. But coming back to my original thesis here, like it, I would say, look for some of those human values. I would say, look for someone who is empathetic, someone who understands and appreciates psychological safety, and someone who can welcome diverse perspectives. Because guess what? That's what the team is. The project team that needs to do things, if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel heard, if they're getting shut down because their perspective is like not traditional, well, guess what? That project isn't going to go very fast. And also, you might miss an opportunity to do something revolutionary um, because you're like, oh, I'm just put the blinders on, just do the thing, go through the steps one to five. Um, yes, do all those considerations. But someone who's not going to necessarily put the blinders on, someone who's going to um, just evoke and inspire uh, like performance from a team. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because when you talked about, um, you know, you need to be able to have these unique perspectives, you need to really be able to gather the team together, you need to be able to do all of that when you're managing AI projects, you're managing, you know, many different individuals. So maybe there's a data scientist 
Traditionally, data scientists fall in line of business. There's a data engineer. Traditionally, data engineers fall within that, you know, technology side. So, I mean, already they don't talk the same language. Mm -hmm. You need to be in the middle understanding that. As Ron mentioned, those soft skills, right? Communication is a really important skill that I don't think we teach enough. I think communication has really deteriorated. Ron and I complain about this all the time. That's a really critical skill for a project manager. If you do not have good communication skills, if your team doesn't either, your projects will fail. And it's not for lack of talent. It's not for lack of technology. It's not for lack of, you know, maybe everybody even pushing in the same direction, but you're not talking the same language. Mm -hmm. So you're not really understanding that you're going in the same direction. I'm sure you see this all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. So much of the job is translation coming from a place where we don't, as project managers, like as a role, we don't speak all of those languages fluidly, fluently. Um, well, well, maybe both <laughs> fluidly and fluently, but we need to be able to facilitate that communication. Um, and I think it ties in with something else you said, which is that, yes, not just like communicating and agreeing to something that might be completely against the objectives of the project or what the business is trying to achieve, um, but also lensing it and translating it in that direction too. So I, I think the other thing that, yes, I know I just said, Oh, you might not need to find someone with an MBA and and maybe you do and maybe you don't, but definitely that business understanding. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, it's not just an AI project for AI project's sake. Usually it's for a purpose. Usually it's for some kind of outcome. Usually it's for some kind of impact to a business uh, or to an end user. And that whole, like, are we still on target within our, you know, constraints and our goals? And that's a business understanding. What is this business trying to do? Yes, I've got my executive stakeholder or my steering committee. And yes, maybe they're a pain in the butt, but there's something bigger that's going on, right? They're investing effort and money and time into something that should deliver an outcome. And that's another lens that you put on it. So translating all the things that the team is saying, and again, putting it through that lens of, okay, well, is this viable from a business perspective? And I think a lot of, frankly, a lot of project managers miss that. They're like, I get it. Um, I need to bring it in on time, on budget, and within scope. Done. Okay, that's all I need to know. Actually, no, you need to know more than that. You need to understand what your what your project sits within, the context within which your project sits. Yeah. So yeah, business understanding. I think it's a big one. Yes. And <laughs> in our CPMAI methodology, phase one, business understanding. Make sure you understand the problem you're trying to solve. I mean, this seems so simple, <laughs> but it's not. And a lot of people miss that and they'll jump right to maybe the more technical stuff. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, what? why are you doing this? Seriously, what, are, what problem are you solving? Don't just create work for yourself. Um, and I think that some people don't look at it that way and then they do. And, you know, $5 million later, five months later, they're like, what just happened? And everybody's like scratching their heads being like, I don't know. <laughs> That's like, there's a lot of just like, um, I've seen a lot of not my problem attitudes in project teams. Okay. And that's why I keep coming back to like this, like, you know, building a team, like, and like having the empathy to understand your team and the curiosity to like understand your team and build that team. um, Because that's what makes it, well, a team, right? So no one on the team should be saying that's not my problem. That's the business person's problem. I'm just going to code. I'm just going to do the data analysis. I'm just going to focus on this migration. And that's my job. And that's all I need to do. So, I mean, I'm talking about all these, all these things from a project management perspective. But really what I mean is, as a team perspective, as anyone delivering these projects or involved in delivering the projects, not necessarily project managers, but anyone on the project team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm going back to the raft analogy, but I know Ron likes the rocket ship, but, <laughs> but I mean, you're, if you're all, it's a, it's a rocket boat, raft, it's a okay, rafted fine. Rocket. If it's a rafted rocket up to <laughs> Mars and we're all in the rafted rocket, uh, guess what? It is my problem if mm-hmm. we start to go off course. <laughs> so, you know, like when you think about, and that's why I always like to visually think about things. Cause when you're thinking mm-hmm. about it, you're like, well, we're all kind of in this together. I understand there's a lot of leadership and management and need buy-in need to actually Actually, you know, sometimes that's a cultural change that's mm-hmm. really hard to get. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yes, these are all and these are some of those, you know, soft skills we talk about. Right. So we know how, you know, we've talked about how project management is impacting AI. And we talked about how, you know, you have to follow best practices, methodologies, really understand that it's, uh, you know, how how to manage AI projects. Maybe they're a little different than you've done in the past. 
But how is AI impacting the role of project management? And maybe from your perspective as well, I know you're not an AI expert, but how have you seen it impacting the role of project management? You know, it's it's funny. We have a lot of conversations that come up uh, about will AI replace the project manager? I mean, uh, from a certain perspective, what we do is follow up on tasks, adapt a plan based on different situations, scenarios, and contexts. Um, we make sure things are happening by a certain date. I mean, it seems on paper like a thing that's pretty easy to replace with AI. So I've got a lot of project managers out there who are like, this is scary. What should I do? Like AI is going to replace my job because, you know, what I'm doing is I'm going through my checklist and AI could be could be doing all of these things. Everything in my job responsibilities probably it could be doing. Um, but then we also have the other side of the conversation, which is like, oh my gosh, like as a project manager, I do so much admin, I'm updating project plans, I am sending reminders to people, and I can never be as strategic as I want to be. And I'm like, well, guess what? Actually, AI, I think, and the way we're seeing it manifest, because sometimes we 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 overestimate or we have an enlarged uh, concept of what AI is. But all those little, you know, suggestions in Gmail of like what I ought to write, you know, all that genius natural language processing and machine learning that's happening in the background is helping us do our job. So we don't have to be worried about spelling necessarily. Uh, we can be focused on whatever it is that we want to be focused on. So really, I think there's a lot of enablement and empowerment that comes along with AI in project management because I think it will be here to help project managers do their job, first of all. but. The second thing is the, the larger implication. So yes, don't be afraid of AI taking your job. Embrace how it can help you do your job because you can probably have deeper impact when you have fewer of those admin things to do. But also, guess what? You're probably going to be managing a project now or in the near future that is an AI-based product. And then there's there's just that there's just that human component again. Like you said at the beginning, it's never the technology necessarily. It's the humans. And actually, there's a responsibility with all of this, right? Um, being sort of that servant leader on a project team as a role of, you know, being accountable for the delivery of a, of a project that will probably produce a thing to meet a goal. Um, but I think that's facilitating some of the ethical conversations as well, is that, yes, we can all go and do a thing. We're all specialists at this. We can probably pull anything off. And then I think it's having those proactive, tough conversations along the way to be like, listen, like just flagging that this is a risk. This is something that, you know, is starting to infringe on rights of our users. This is something that is, you know, kind of a privacy issue and being just maybe not fluent in that, but conversant enough in it and aware enough about it and proactive enough about it to be able to flag that and have those conversations along the way rather than build the thing, you know, maybe it hit the object objectives, but, you know, maybe you did build how, right? And I think there is a responsibility for a project manager. And I think they go hand in hand because as AI is maybe coming in and helping do your job for you so you can do other things, those other things should be those elevated things, those strategic things, those things that talking about, uh, you know, Ron, you're talking about like the end user, really like focusing on that, focusing on business objectives, focusing on, is this the right thing that we're building? And taking more of that um, sort of role, not in sculpting the product necessarily, but flagging the risk around it so that, you know, you don't drive your rocket canoe into a rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really very interesting, you know, um, and it, it's interesting to get uh, these perspectives, these different perspectives, especially on our podcast, because, you know, we have these different personality types, you know, uh, a lot of folks who are AI people have been around for a while actually have a bit of a overinflation of their own value to some extent, mainly because people have rewarded them for it. You know, whether they've gotten big research papers or getting these ridiculous salaries and hiring mm -hmm. bonuses because there's so much demand for it. Right. And it's interesting because you know, I don't want to put put people on the defensive here, but when you talk to project managers, there seems to be a little bit of insecurity. Like they're like, people don't respect us. People don't respect our job. They don't see how important we are. They don't see how critical we are. And I think when, when we talk about AI and project managers, there's more of this, oh my goodness, maybe my job's at risk here because people already you know, downplay our importance. They're like, maybe I can use AI to replace a project manager. What they don't realize, what I think people are actually starting to realize is that some of these folks who are probably overpaid, data science folks and machine learning engineers, they're the ones whose jobs will most likely actually be replaced. 
it, it is, I'm not saying this just kind of out of spite, but it's actually true. We had talked to so many people talked about AutoML, the, the citizen data scientists, no code, low code, machine learning as a service tools. You're like, guys, you realize that you'd probably do not need as many data scientists as you needed before. A lot of the things that you're doing are being automated. You're getting off the shelf libraries, off the shelf uh, machine learning to, uh, uh, models that you can just use. You don't need someone to train. Your jobs are at risk. Ironically, it's the project manager who actually knows how to win and how and where to apply these things are probably more valuable. We're actually, ironically, we're learning this lesson in a place that has nothing to do with anything we've talked about so far, and that's on the battlefield. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if people have been tracking what's happening, of course, in Ukraine and Russia. Realize that the success and failure of the army is not dependent on its equipment. It's dependent on its lines of logistics. And people are now realizing that you can have the best piece of equipment out there. It has no fuel. It's not going anywhere. You don't have any ammunition. It can't fire a certain thing. And if you have uh, troops that have no equipment, that have no training, right, it doesn't matter. You could be the quote unquote second best army in the world and be the worst and the bottom because you can't actually accomplish anything. And I think a lot of people now are realizing that when we're talking about project management, these are the lines of logistics. It's like you can have the smartest people in the world and the best technology. And you and we we talk about this in our both in our courses as well as our failure series. Uh, we have a big podcast uh, series on failures. And we don't say these are small companies doing dumb things. No, these are big companies doing dumb things. Microsoft, <laughs> the Taybot, Walmart canceling its robots because it can't make it work. Amazon having to, it did this HR hiring system with an AI thing, and they had to cancel it because it was so flawed. It didn't work. And you're thinking, how can Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Walmart, these are big companies with great technology and literally the best technologists in the field, they've, they hired them. Why are they failing? Lines of logistics, project management, right? So I, mean, so I, I wouldn't tell your project managers, don't be insecure. You should actually flip the script and tell the other folks that they should be insecure. And they're not, <laughs> they're over secure, I guess. I don't know. It brings us, I mean, it brings all of our professions into an interesting light because I think, you know, the, the value of us as humans is going to be us as humans. So if we can take stock of what that is and drive in that direction, then bring it on. I want the best AI machine learning solutions in the world because it will layer beneath what I am as a human and then I can do the human stuff. I mean, listen, on a long enough timeline, like we, we talked about this in our podcast, right? We're building brains. We're building brains without knowing how brains work. And on a long enough time scale with enough energy and enough success, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the human the human stuff probably can be, you know, um, digitized as well. But for now, for the time being, I think it's important to focus on those skills. And like you said, you know, the quote unquote soft skills that are actually the harder skills and they're not taught traditionally. You kind of learn those on the job. You learn them the hard way. You know, you, you, you feel the pain and that's how you learn from it. Um, and I think those are the things that we need to focus in on and have training around and build into the way that we are uh, creating the next generation of folks working on these projects. You know, the folks who are entering the workforce right now, the folks who are in school, like we should be focusing in on some of those human skills instead of the strong emphasis on, you know, what might be more specific, what people might call harder skills. Uh, but the hard stuff is the human stuff. And there isn't great ways to learn it right now. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we agree. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting too. You you brought up there aren't great ways to learn that. We totally agree. There's a million places that you can learn R and Python and you know coding. But where do you learn art of communication? Where do you learn you know some of these other basic things? So um, yes, it's definitely a need. I think also you know Ron we brought up there's fears and concerns around any emerging technology, artificial intelligence included. And I think that sometimes people let their fears take over. Sometimes also maybe companies haven't been the best and people are afraid because, you know, they trim the fat or they, you know, mm -hmm. cut excess and it can be a little bit more than you were expecting. 
Um, so that can also play into some of those fears and concerns that people have. Also, management buy-in. You know, we had talked about earlier if management is really pushing for the technology and continuing to let folks know we're doing this so that you can focus on that human element, right? Like we didn't hire you to have 50% of your job be data entry. That's something easy to automate, but that's what you've become. Uh, let's take that role, that task away from you and let you do more of those human element things. So, it, you know, it, we always like to get different perspectives on this. It's been really wonderful to talk to more project managers and really hear their pain as well. When we wrap up our uh, podcast interviews, we always like to ask the same question to everybody, because no matter how many times we have asked this, we always get a different response. Some people are very practical in their responses. Some people are more philosophical. So I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations and beyond? I mean, I, I think it's just the reality. It's here to stay. Um, I think it's a magnificent thing that we are able to do. Um, and I mean, I'm coming at this from a project management perspective, but in the in the bigger picture, this is humans collaborating and working together to create intelligent things. And I think that's a wonderful thing to embrace. And just like anything that's a wonderful human endeavor where we created something amazing, I think it is always going to be teetering at this fulcrum between whatever whatever you might want to frame it as, good and evil, right? Ethical and non-ethical. Um, you know, there's going to be overreach. And uh, some of those human things that we're talking about, yeah, they're not all good things, right? There is the selfishness. There's the greed. There are just motivations beyond the way that we are thinking about these solutions as we're building them. And I think that is where we need to put a little bit more, um, just like, not structure around, but have more conversations around, not just at the top, right? I know that there's like legislation um, that is, you know, it's going to dictate how we build these solutions. And yes, that corporations working within that field will need to work within those constraints. But also equally, I think there needs to be a little bit more bottom up. I think it's still that joke, you know, I think we still think of that Burger King ad that they did a couple of years back where they generated the entire ad by AI and it's, and it's, it's hilarious. Um, but it's at a point now where, you know, AI is no joke. This is something that we need to be as fluent in as we are about, I mean, about whatever, coding Python, about, you know, uh, business analysis, about communicating effectively. Like it's something that everybody needs to kind of not accept, but be curious enough about to start a dialogue around. Um, instead of having this division where we're like, are you pro AI or against? Um, you know, I don't think we should let it divide us. I think we need to steer AI and its evolution to something that's going to be useful and beneficial for us. And I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll cap it off with this because I know I'm rambling, but also uh, just this notion as well. I mean, we were talking about, you know, the battlefield and war and countries, you know, um, uh, engaged in combat with one another. But like, look at what we've been able to do on the AI side by working together. And this this notion of long-termism. And I think this is sort of that brink of it, where it's like, what if we all work together instead of fighting one another? You know, what if there's opportunity to collaborate instead of compete, um, or maybe a little bit of competition, but something that's not going to hold us back? Like, and in the long term, does that help us? I'm going way out here, but does that help us? you know, save the earth, get off planet, right? And does that secure humanity for another several million years? Like, this is the kind of philosophical thought that we should all kind of be having so that we can look at it from the right perspective, not from a place of fear, not from a place of, oh my gosh, it's going to be used only for evil. We need to bury it somewhere, but actually say, how can we all steer this to something that's going to benefit humanity overall? I like that. I don't think we've heard. Yeah, as I said, we've we've asked this question like a ton of times. It's never the same one. We've never heard that one. That that's actually a really great yes. perspective. And um, you know, I really like it because you're right. It's like we 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 waste so much. I mean, this has sort of been the dream of humanity. I think forever. Unfortunately, I think it says something about humanity: the fact that we keep having wars and conflict. Mm. Maybe maybe there's something inherent in our own faulty brains that just we don't think like a community of ants all helping each other. We I don't know. 
we're just warmongers. But like, you, yeah, I mean, think of all the wasted lives and the wasted resources. Mm-hmm. How much we, if we were just all sort of rowing this boat together, not on this rocket raft heading towards the rocks, which it always seems like that's been our analogy for this whole podcast. Uh, you know, how much we could get done and how much we could get accomplished. And I love that because at the end of the day, you know, what, what we have right now, the state of artificial intelligence, where we are with machine learning and its amazing capabilities, but still so much we can do and go. It's just a tool. It's just a tool, just like every other tool. We can use the tool for good. We can use the tool for bad. We can use it in the way that it's intended and we can use it the ways that it's unintended. And really, you know, we, we, we're, we're trying to move this all forward. And I think this is a really good way of sort of wrapping this up. You know, I think the soft skills and the skills specifically of project management, product management, help to guide things in that constructive path, right? Not the destructive path. And I think that's, that's a really good way of thinking about it. And it's like, yes, we have great technologists, we have great people, and they could do anything with the technology. But that also means not necessarily good things. <laughs> yes, they can do anything. But anything includes the universe, that big Venn diagram of things you shouldn't be doing or you can't be, you know. So so this is kind of where I think the soft skills of project management, soft skills of product management. And I encourage our listeners on the AI Today podcast. Again, we've been having this interview with Galen Lowe to listen, not just to AI Today and our perspectives, but listen to these other podcasts. Listen to Galen Lowe's Digital Product Manager podcast. We are definitely going to link to it in our show notes. Uh, We're going to time our interviews so that they're simultaneous, so that when you're like hot after listening to this one, you can listen to our interview with Galen as well. And same thing, you know, people are going to be there from their perspective and be like, oh, yeah. And no fears. I think people should just, we understand there's legitimate reason to fear things, but I think people should view this constructively. You know, don't be afraid of losing your job. Don't be afraid of what will happen. Let's let's all bring this together. So I, again, I wanted to thank you so much, Galen, for, for your fantastic contributions, your thoughts and your insights for our AI Today community. And thanks for having me on the show. This is great. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. I know that we've really enjoyed today's conversation, and we also enjoyed being on your podcast as well. Ron mentioned we'll link to that in the show notes, and we absolutely will, so that our listeners can check out our interview with you and your podcast in general. We'll also link to the free intro to CPMAI course that Ron had mentioned earlier in the podcast, or you can go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI to register for that course. Uh, We'll link to uh, any other topics that we had discussed as well. I know we talked about our AI failure series, a few other podcasts that we've done. So if you've not done so already, make sure to subscribe to AI Today because you'll get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. We have many more uh, interviews in the pipeline as well as additional podcasts as well. So with that, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Podcast.